Admit all. Admit all. Hello, can you hear? Can everybody hear? Awesome, awesome. We have a different setup today. We have a, a microphone that both we're going to use, um, which is a little bit different because we have actually Pauline, our guest speaker this time, is in the studio with us. So this is pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Um, welcome to Zenful Conversations. Thank you so much for coming by today. For information on future guest speakers and all our other Zoom offerings, please visit zenfulconversations.com and take a look around, take a look around. My name is Zen Jen Brown. I'm your host, and we're here today with our guest speaker, my very good friend, Pauline Dimitri. Hi, everyone. Pauline, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Can everybody hear Pauline? Okay, super, super wonderful. Let me just move this hair over. A little bit about Pauline. Pauline is an 85-year young yoga instructor, five-time cancer survivor. Five times, yeah. Five-time cancer survivor. And an amazing, wonderful friend of mine, but has seen a lot of life, and we're hoping she can give us actually the secret to happiness today. Yeah? Is that what we're after today? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> you've lived a lot of life, and a lot of times we actually speak about, in, in our groups that we have conversation, we actually talk about having a mental conversation with our 85 or 90-year-old self, as opposed to the critical 25-year-old self. And so I, I do think that you can give a lot of insight on, on what brings joy to life and what you know what you can share about that would be, I'm sure, hel uh, helpful for some people. Um, so I was gonna say let's cut to the chase and just, you know, what's the secret? <laughs> what's the secret? Good question. <laughs> Yeah, anybody know? <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, I just thought we would talk a little bit. Uh, what What do you remember about maybe the place you grew up? But just what do you, What do you remember about growing up? About the place you grew up? Well, my family is Greek, and where I grew up. There were was fairly close to the Greek church, and so it, it's it was almost like the Greek country club because everything we did revolved around the church. Uh huh. That's cool. Do you um, do you visit there? Have you visited there uh, as an adult? No, because that whole neighborhood uh, was gentrified. So everything, even our house, it, it, it was terrible. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I was going to show someone where I was born or where I grew up, and I was so excited, and I got there, and it was an empty lot. It was like, it was like that life didn't even exist. It was very strange. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because we have been, uh, Steve and I have been talking about well, we, you know, Hurricane Ian just recently came through here. We we both experienced, we both grew up on the southeast coast, and we both experienced 
Hurricane Andrew, and we were talking about how we just, when we went down to where we knew of, of the area that Andrew hit and how there was nothing there. There was just nothing there, it was just slaps. And how, what a whoa, mind thing that is. It's like, what do you mean it's not yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, the poor people here driving over here and, you know, this whole thing about trees and the way they communicate and, you know, and to see the, the jagged edges where the branches have been taken off. And I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's almost like you can hear them crying. It's so... Mm -hmm. Uh, such a terror it's just very um it's it's surreal to be honest yeah the landscape has changed also in your drive over here yes it's, it's so different. different I mean it's it, there are places that used to be and are not I, I mean where I live we didn't have a lot a, a whole lot of damage but driving around you can see the the destruction and you know, these poor people in Fort Myers, my goodness. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just awful. Yeah. But um, the thing with the trees really struck me. If anyone um, goes to Cooper Creek, uh, they had rows of pine trees and the branches are just like lobbed off. And it's almost, it just feels like the trees are, are crying. It's, it's very... I have a lot of trees on my property. You do, but your property looks oh well. It, we've been working on it, and we had help. We yeah, had, we had to hire help. Um, uh, but prior to the storm, I did have a conversation with my trees. I I asked them to protect our property, and they did. And I'm so I was so touched by it. I've been going around personally hugging and thanking each tree oh. <laughs> because even their even their branches have been snapped off. But let's let um hear a little bit more about your life um I was thinking about inventions there's a lot of inventions over your lifetime too and what what invention from your lifetime are you most amazed by invention um well I do believe that we create our own lives pretty much mm -hmm. um and I think the greatest invention if we want to call it that would be coming to Sarasota because it's such a spiritual place and finding a community of like-minded people which is a huge I'm, I'm sure all of you know what I mean by that I mean you want to be around people who can lift you up rather than bring you down and that's what I found here and um, I'm very, very, you know, it's one of the few places that we're on a crystal grid. And the only other places in the country like that are, or like us, are Asheville and Sedona. We're just in a very spiritual uh, place in the universe. Wow, that's so cool. I, I, I had no idea. I was just drawn over here, but I'm, I, I love it more than any place I've ever been. Yeah, and I just heard that this is really interesting because Anna Maria Island, which I thought was going to be flooded, it didn't get anything. It, it was perfectly intact, and someone told me that there were burial grounds here. I don't know if any of you know about that. Do so, you know anything about that? Can you share about that, Kim? Yes, and or I mean, just what I've heard. Oh, no, I can't hear that. 
Can you hear me? Good. Can you hear me? Um, because it's the external microphone, we didn't have too much leeway time to test the email oh. today. Let me see if I can. Uh, it's got to go out soon. Let me just, let me just try that. Can you hear me? No. Okay. Can, Can you hear me now? You post in the chat. Guess we're going to have to use the chat box. Okay. Oh, it's too bad. It is too bad. The Zoom participants can hear Kim. Let me just real quickly see if I can see if Steve can come over and help real quick. <laughs> can you come assist with the audio for a moment? Question mark. Let's see what he has to say. Hold that thought. Let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. Um, let's not forget that about the the crystal grid and the oh. all of that. Don't let me forget, Cam. What about your first kiss? Oh my gosh! I I remember that around the corner from us was a family. Uh, was an Irish Catholic family of ten kids, the Stewart family. And I'd go over there to play sometimes. And that's what the first time we played Spin the Battle was at the <laughs> Billy Stewart, I think his name was. <laughs> Not romantic at all. Oh, yeah, but I, I, I totally forgot about Spin, spin the Battle. <laughs> Remember that? I think, what, how old? I mean, how old are you when it's you play Spin the a Battle? Dangerously. A dangerous game for somebody for that age. I think you're too young to be playing it. Or don't you think you were too young to be playing that game when you were playing that game? Anybody? <laughs> well, you watch out because your daughter's on. Who here has played Spin the Battle? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess Steve said he'll come over in a moment because I want him to. Oh, oh, you get to see the handsome Steve. <laughs> lucky, lucky day. Yeah, so. This is our IT guy. <laughs> Hello, Hello. Steve. Um, these are the ladies. Oh, okay. Hello. The thing is, I cannot, the audio, see, like, Kim, can you be test for a moment? Can you hear me? Wants to say something, mm -hmm. but can you hear me? Not, it's, it's not coming out like it was when you and I tested the other day. They can hear, and the Zoom participants can hear. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to email anything really quickly that uh, could 
And the system preferences are out resume as it was going and then closes that one. So it would really be great to go to the camp. We have to investigate the output is the issue, right? Uh, really, the output is going through Zoom and they're able to hear us. Mm -hmm. But I'm not able to receive what they're saying. Would that be your speaker sheet? Um, no, because then you have to buy a phone on the map, but you guys can't hear, right? Now you can't hear me. Mm -hmm. You can still hear me. Kim, can you talk? Yeah, Steve's pretty cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about now? I'm sorry. This is a new setup with this uh, microphone. Um, can you hear me now? Having the guest speaker in the studio here. And yesterday, it worked with, because Steve logged on to Zoom, he did a bunch of testing. Whoops. Um, okay, well, I thought you would know what's off the top of your head. Okay, well. Can I sit here in your mind? Yeah, okay. We go back to that. Do you have a workaround? No. Get him. No. Thanks for the whole thing. Nobody would have saved me. Mm -hmm. You don't have anything to Can you hear me now? Is there Vicky? Yeah, it is Vicky. Oh my God. <laughs> it is Vicky. Okay, we're just going to have to move forward. We're just going to have to move forward. Um, we're just going to have to move forward the way it is. Okay. We're just have to move forward without their audio. Something we can do. Well, okay. Can you use a phone to dial in and get one of that way? No. I, I don't want to be testing all these things as people's terms. Okay. All right. Dar. All right, we'll just have to use the chat. Sorry about that. We'll just have to use the chat today. 
even myself now they it's not working because i don't know what it is it's gotta be me operator error i'm not used to this and that's um well we'll just work around we'll it. just work around it we'll just work around it I, uh, I love the inner the interaction though it's really my favorite part of these conversations and and i really apologize for that so um Kim, though, can you type a little bit about that, um, what, what, she, what Pauline was talking about as far as the being on a crystal grid in the burial grounds? I, I didn't know anything about that. Okay. Do you remember, Brooke says, do you, re, do you remember Lilius Folland? Oh, of course. <laughs> a long time yoga instructor would daily show on PBS. Yeah, with her long braid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was great. Well, and she's still around, you know. Is, is she? Yeah. Very interesting. She And she looks great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Vicki, we were talking about playing spin the bottle. Well, Vicki <laughs> was in Greece. They didn't play spin Look the bottle. She's so innocent. <laughs> It's innocent until proven guilty, as far as I know. What was your first job? Oh, well, we uh, everybody in my house worked. Um, my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunt, my uncles, um, my, my parents, of course. And my brother and I shoveled snow. We raked leaves. We ran errands. We... Uh, we used to uh, weed the garden at the rectory, and then the priest would give us some change and uh, want, and ask us to go to the sweet shop and bring them back milkshakes, and we could get whatever we wanted. And then we'd go back to the rectory, and, which was this really beautiful, you know, sedate room, and the housekeeper would would bring us our goodies in a dish and you know we would be served and it was just a really wonderful experience with these Greek Orthodox kids at the Catholic rectory. Yeah. I don't know what they're saying they could hear each other. Mm -hmm. It really does not make sense that mm -hmm. that we're not able to hear that. I tell you because they listen did this yesterday with Steve. Makes me crazy here. That's up and it's all the way up. Oh, God, it's frustrating. Too frustrating. Too frustrating. And then how old were you when you started working at the phone company? 16. 16 years old. I was a telephone operator like um Who's the one? Um, Lily. Number three. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it just turned out that I, the central office that I was in was the one where all my high school friends lived. So I could connect like six people at one time and have everybody talking. And I loved it. I loved, I loved it. I still love the telephone because you can be anybody on the telephone. So I would go, number please. What number are you calling? I mean, it was just lots of fun. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, and you know what? The other thing is, if you put a disguise on, 
how that can change you, like Halloween, how you can become the fortune teller, the gypsy, or because you're in this disguise. It's really great. So that allows us to actually, that's why they say dress for the part you want. No, right? oh, I never, oh yeah, well, what a good idea. Well, I mean, that's the psyche, <laughs> the brain. I wish I knew that 30 years ago. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? All of this stuff. What has been your favorite job? Oh my God, teaching yoga. Um, you can call it a job. I mean, if you're living your bliss, does it really work? I mean, really, there's, if you're not about, I, I'm assuming, which we shouldn't assume anything, but that everyone who's doing yoga, it's, we're talking to and with, but. Um, yeah, I would say so. I think um, it's life affirming. Um, finding my yoga community here really changed my life. I've never met such wonderful people. That people are evolved. They're not competitive. I, I've never heard anyone in all these years, since I think around 2007, I've never heard anyone complain about another person. That's amazing. It, it is. It's, re it's really living your truth. I know I never, I never experienced anything as great as it. Um, and that's where I met Vicki. It's where I met you. It's actually right. where I met half of the people that are on here. Vicki was in my uh, class, my yoga teacher training class, and we graduated together. Um, in fact, we bonded very strongly during that, during that. That was an amazing experience. And I would I think everybody should go through yoga teacher training. It was there were well, there your group was one of the really most connected groups that I experienced. But my training, my 500 hour training was uh, there were 17 of us, and we still stay in touch. Yeah, it's just wonder. It was a wonderful experience. You um, you started teaching yoga in your living room before you were certified. Right. Yeah. So I had read a book called The Hunzas by Renee Taylor, who I think she was a movie star. And the Hunzas, I don't know what drew me to it. The Hunzas lived in the Himalayas or the Himalayas, and uh, they ate yogurt and uh they lived to be in, in the, into their hundreds, 106, 108. And they did this series of ex, ex, movements. So I started doing these movements and, uh, you know, changing my, well, I, we always ate yogurt because that's what Greeks do. <laughs> but um, uh, so I'm doing these movements and a friend of mine was taking a yoga class. So I said, oh, um, so she, she invited me to join her once it was at the Y and I go to the class and guess what I was doing? The sun salutation. That's what those movements were that they were doing. And I never, I never knew it. And my first teacher, Margaret Coble would drive an hour and a half to teach that class. And she, um, she never did a pose. She had a demonstrator. 
She walked around the whole time. She was Danish and had a bell-like voice, sort of like Vicky's. Too bad we can't hear Vicky. Yes, it's too bad. Yeah, really. And um, what she said during Shavasana was, let the ripples of the lake mind merge with the great ocean of consciousness. And I was, that was it. It was like, it, it answered all of my questions for me. I can't explain it. And um, and then, you know, then I became engaged in the yoga center in Rochester. And we had this uh, um, workshop called, uh, it was a tell me who you are workshop. And there were 13 people there. So I ended up being, 13 and I didn't have a partner. So Margaret Coble had to be my partner. And she was this very evolved woman who was translating uh, uh, the um, Sanskrit into English. And anyway, I'm looking at her and my whole body filled with, it was like fog. And then that fog went into everything around me. And what I used to say to my students is yogis believe this or yogis believe that. And I'd say, yogis believe in this subtle element called prana that's in everything. And, uh, but I said that because I hadn't experienced it. I wasn't gonna say something I hadn't experienced. And I saw that there, I saw this force in everything around me. And then I understood prana and I, mm. I didn't have to say yogis believe this anymore. Mm. So, yeah, so, and, and I've been thinking about trees so much and um, the rings around trees to determine their age and how our thumbprint is similar to those rings, we have our the rings around that that form our thumbprint. So, um, yeah, everything and this whole thing of when a tree is dying, uh, people used to think that uh, it was taking life force from the other trees. But what they discovered is it's actually giving its life force what it has left to the other trees. Wow. I mean, it's very just very exciting stuff and. You know, everything is prana. You it's know, well connected, well connected. Kim, let me back up a little bit to some of these. Uh, Kim says that is true. I never thought about that. What is true, Kim? And then Dina says, so amazing how you remember that so vividly. Your, your oh, daddy, my daughter. That's my daughter, Dina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What is it, Kim? That was talking about that was true. I never thought about it. want to see what it is that she was talking about that yoga isn't competitive I don't know if that's the case everywhere but see I think that's ego too well, well you we, know there's there's if the it, it, it depends because if your ego is involved in anything it's going to be competitive yeah no I never felt competitive in yoga because you're in your own experience 
I don't I don't really believe that a, a yoga studio needs a mirror. I think a mirror is uh, not a good thing. Um, you know, if you're busy, because the pose is organic, so in some ways you're never really in the pose because you're always working the pose. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're truly like focused on your breathing and where, and your, um, form, you know, your, your what do I want to say? Um, where you are in the pose, you can't possibly think, about your uh, it can't possibly be ego involved I don't mm -hmm. think but you know then in America what we do is right we tend to make everything competitive we uh I hate I hate to bash Americans but you know there has to be uh, like Bikram, I don't know if you know about Bikram, but he had this contest who could hold their breath the longest or something, or yeah, I mean, so this kind of thing, we come, uh, we get something beautiful in this country and then we beat it up. It's it's more of the, it's it's been geared to about performance how well you can perform the pose or or something. So I so I try to tell the ladies feel it. Don't even worry about what it looks like. Where does it feel in the body? Vicky says Pauline is a light on my path. Oh, as I agree with you. Karen says, have you read the Hidden Life of Trees by? Peter Wolvian. Ju I just read excerpts. Yeah, oh. probably I read a review of the book. I think, mm -hmm. but no, I have not. Unfortunately, sounds like a Amazon delivery. Yeah, <laughs> I like sending Pauline books. Yeah. <laughs> I do. She lives and breathes you. This is Vicky saying you live and breathe the power of yoga. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Um, you have brothers, sisters, brothers? What what do you have? I have, uh, yes, I have a brother and a sister. And uh, my sister is, let's see, she's nine years younger and my brother's 11 years younger. Oh. And, and my sister is pretty, I mean, she taught Tai Chi. So she worked, we, we all, we, you know, we both kind of have that same eastern bent beautiful beautiful yeah. what nice. my, my, my uh, sister's daughter i'm so proud of her she did her yoga therapy at a university in maryland and ended up with a master's in science and it was in um connection to johns hopkins so um so she's a yoga therapist. Oh, lovely. Uh, among other things. It's That's not an, an easy field. No. Well, you know. I know that I've realized I'm a little too new in my healing to, to go any deeper into that right now. I need to stabilize where I'm at build a little bit more before because i've done a lot a lot of healing a lot of you guys know me when i before i started i've come a long way already so what when i met right. jen, well i remember when i met jen and jen was uh it was at a training and i i'm sort of the yoga historian 
So I, I, I go to these trainings and butt in when I think something needs to be said. But anyway, Jen, Jen was already uh, very spiritual and it ended up that she and Vicki were had this were assigned the same chakra. We were, we were, we were teamed, we got teamed up. Vicki and I got teamed up uh, because we had to show that we what we learned about the chakras and we had to have a presentation. And my goodness, that freaked everybody out, right? That freaked everybody out. But you know, I like to have the center stage. I was okay with it. <laughs> no, but that is where Vicki and I team we had we were put together and we I thought, well. Everybody thought we had an amazing. Uh, it was a nice presentation. This was really, was really good. wonderful. Yeah, you were a good team. It was, it was really good, though. It was really good. That was well. And I remember when um, Vicky went to talk to um, Ginny, who owns Heartwood, and uh, Ginny was telling her what to expect, and and I remember saying to Ginny. You'll get as much from uh, having Vicki in this program as she'll get from you. And wasn't that the oh, truth? Oh, absolutely the truth. I got to say, Vicki could put me to shame in most of the poses, too. Vicki Vicky was not afraid to do anything. How do I remember her? What did you do? Did you stand on her hands? She did a handstand. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember that on the mirror. Yes, exactly. On the mirror. On the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you and your siblings do for fun when you were young? Oh, well, my younger brother and sister, they were just way too young. And then I have a brother that died, Tommy. So he was, mm. we were 18 months apart. And, um, we, you know, we did kick the can and uh, what else? Hide and seek. Giant you all got along well and you still get along? Okay. Yeah. So, good. Cool. Yeah, played outside a lot, not like today. Right. Right. Played outside till dark. Yeah. In the summer, my grandmother would pose the sidewalk down and and the flowers, and we put our bathing suits on and she'd hose us down. That was fun. And we swam a lot. Um, where we took the uh, bus at the corner of our street to the to the park that had a public pool. And so we'd go swimming. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Nice. You have you have fun memories of your brother sisters. Well, where I live too. Uh, at the corner of my street was a tailor, and then there was a uh, an apartment building, kind of an ugly dark brick apartment building, not too high. And then there was Mr. Brent, there was Simpsons, and Simpsons was a dry goods store. So if it was Christmas Eve and you forgot somebody's present, you could go there and find something. It might only be some yarn, but you <laughs> And then was Mr. Brown, who had a candy store, but he was sort of mean. Mm. But the ice cream, and nobody remembers this, was five cents. For an ice cream cone. Can you believe that? 
and Brooke is saying, was that Rochester, New York? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, so. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. I've never been to New York. Oh. Yeah, I have no clue. In fact, it's very few times I've been out of Florida. Oh, my gosh. That's yes. been an inward journey this time around. I'm really loving it. It's all good. Well, you know, it's uh, New York City is it's just a wonderful place to be and to experience. Um, it's not, I never felt um, threatened or unsafe in New York, but I certainly wouldn't feel that comfortable today, unfortunately. Uh, it's sad. But, and, and I have to say this, as recently I've had all of these wonderful um, acts of kindness bestowed on me. And the other night I was at dinner with a friend, we were sitting outside and I was, uh, I could see the next table. Uh, I wasn't directly in front of it. I was at an angle and there was a man sitting there alone. My friend's back was to him. But at some point he nodded like that he had an empty space there. And I just smiled at him and we had dinner and he got up and left. He was a big man. He had a cane, but he, you know, he wasn't obese or anything. And I mean, I just, I just noticed him because he had beckoned us, you know. And my friend asked for separate, she, the waiter came, she said, oh, can we have our separate checks, please? And he said, oh, that's been well taken care of. So this man had, and, you know, it was even, you know, included the tip and everything. I paid for our dinner. Wow. I mean, it was just so amazing. And yesterday, last night in the grocery store, uh, the, the water was up high and I couldn't really, I couldn't reach it. And this young guy was there and uh, he just asked if he could help me and put it, pulled it down for me. And then the bagger asked if he could, if I'd like him to wheel my cart out. And I've always declined that. But I said, yes, I, for some reason, I didn't feel real good at that moment. And um, I couldn't find my car. He said, well, what about your Bob, you know, so anyway, he finally found it and um, put everything in the car for me. And he was, and you know, no tip. He was just so kind. Um, I've been very uh, fortunate in the kind of people I come across in Sarasota. Uh, I've just. Wouldn't you say that some of that is contributed to um, what you look for? In life, though, uh, you know, if you look for the beauty, you'll see it. If you look for harsher things, you'll see more of that. I, you know, I am of the um, headset that everything is perception. If you perceive you have, a, it's like perception and reality. If you perceive you have a wonderful life, you do. You know, you it, it has nothing to do uh, with what you own or 
it's just perception. If you if you perceive you're healthy, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't have any aches or pains in my body at all. I'm, I'm very, very. I, I think we need to hear that again. You don't have any aches or pain in your body at all. That no, I don't have. Uh, for the most part, I don't have a sense of my body. I know that sounds weird, but it, I mean, I know I have a body, but mm -hmm. it's like no, nothing. Um, nothing troubles me about it. No, I'm very. I just feel very blessed. Cliched. I'm sorry, but no. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. I just wanted to address here. Um, oh, we got a couple few. Let me go back up. Oh, I, I got aches and pains over here. <laughs> My legs are folded for a few minutes. Takes me a little bit. Ah, I got them straight again. <laughs> but I'm newer. I'm Who's newer. That's me. I'm saying that. Oh. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, Brooke says, with that Rochester, New York, you said yes. Kim says, New York City is my stomping grounds. Oh. Ah, Maria Johnson says, Rochester is where I'm from, actually 30 miles south of Naples, New York, wine country. Oh, my Finger goodness. Lakes. Finger Lakes. Oh, beautiful. Finger Lakes. And Vicki says, Oh, in a beautiful small world and proof of interconnectedness. And Maria says, Yes, that is so true, isn't it? Kim says, Pauline, tell me your feelings on getting older. Has it been a good process? Have you enjoyed the process about getting older? And what advice can you give as I watch my parents age? Do you mind if I share a little bit about your recent experience? Kim, I know you can't talk, but I just want to know if I can share what that they came to stay with you. Sure. Um, so Hurricane Ian happened and Kim's parents home got flooded mm -hmm. uh so kim's parents came to stay with kim and i don't know their age but i know they're a little bit up there because kim's a young 32 year old herself <laughs> um but so in their staying with her she was actually able to see that they're they're not as with it as she thought they might have been because before you're going to dinner and going out with them here and there but having them stay with you and seeing their day to day, how they treat themselves and all that stuff. It, it let her in on some secret information there, you know? So, um, so that's how she's wanting to know, like, tell me your feelings on getting older. Has it been a good process? And what advice can you give Kim as she watches her parents' age? Well, um, well, I loved my 70s. Um, my husband died uh, in 2005 and at the beginning of the year. And in 2006, in the fall, I found out I had um, esophageal and lung cancer. And it, it, it was very scary. I was alone. I put everything in storage because I sold my house and I had no place 
the, the apartment I was taking wasn't ready for me to move in and I moved to the uh, country in the woods by my, you know, with nobody around me. And then I got this news and I had to go live with my sister with just my a suitcase full of clothes. And uh, anyway, I didn't expect to live to be 70. And when I did, I threw myself a big birthday party and um, moved, moved to Sarasota. And uh, it changed my life. It, 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 I, I really hit bottom. I, um, I, so I had this surgery. I had tubes coming out of the wazoo. I was in the hospital for 17 days. Um, I, my cancer was normally treated with uh, chemo and radiation, but you know I didn't want to do chemo. And my doctor said because of my because I was fit, he would do this other procedure, which was to remove my tumor and place my stomach here under my collarbone and create an esophagus, which is what he did. One of the things that happened after that is I was doing, I tried to do forward bends and do yoga and he, and I, my stomach would end up in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you probably will never be able to do yoga. And that just was the last thing I could stand to lose. I lost my husband, my home, my community, my work. I mean, and um, so um, I made, I put a plastic bag over my head, um, but took it off when I couldn't breathe anymore and ended up in a psychiatric ward. Uh, so I had really hit rock bottom and that was, that was an experience that probably wasn't very different from what people experienced in the 1930s. Um, you know, I was told in after five days, uh, the psychiatrist wanted to do um, electric shock treatments. And um, I knew he was, um, a, he was looking for subjects. I knew that because my husband worked in uh, neuroscience, and you know you need subjects when you're uh, when you're right trying to get grants. So um, I said, you know, I you, you can't um, give me electric shock treatments without my signing for them. And he said, if you won't sign, I can get a judge to sign for you. I mean, that was about the scariest thing in my life. And um, I remember talk, my brother and sister came to see me and my brother said, Pauline, you just have to do everything they want you to do, no matter how inane, like they give you a, a, a stack of magazines and tell you to cut out pictures you liked. I mean, it was there. It was infanticizing, you know, it was making you feel like you, well, you have no, you're in a locked ward, mm -hmm. you have, you're powerless. Wow. And uh, I think it was 
two years after that that I came to Florida, my cousin lived here. And then I went to Reflex and met Jenny and started, She, uh, I asked if I could, if she needed a yoga teacher and she did. And I started uh, teaching at Reflex and that's when my life began to change, but it didn't really take hold till I moved here and uh, was able to do it full time. And, uh, Anyway, maybe, it, and I remember at my um, 500 hour, at the end of your training, uh, everybody said something about you and Ginny says something about you. And I know that what happened to me is I rose from the ashes at Reflex Heartwood. And um, I think, I mean, I have a, a Phenomenal gratitude uh, to Ginny for helping me lift myself mm. out of the horror I had been in. Mm. So powerful, powerful. Yeah. So it's sort of like when you experience the worst. What I mean, you know, <laughs> right? everybody has something. Everybody that has knocks something. them off their. That's what they say when you, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, my daughter we had little kids when I was so sick. And she, because of, I mean, the food was terrible. The psychiatric ward was the last place to get food. So it was always cold and awful. Um, one day, I mean, there were funny things that happened. This uh, woman started following around, me around. She was African-American, really beautiful with this big head of hair. And she'd sit by me. At, at, at breakfast and one day she put her cigarette out in my coffee <laughs> and I said why did you you know why did you, why did you do that you know she said oh I don't know why did it was crazy it's a little bit weird. but Dina I mean Dina you remember that Dina was bringing me soup and I want to go back to some of these whatever things. else I needed I don't know tender loving care Right. So I'm going to go back a little bit to these messages. Brooke said, what you think about is what you become. When oh. we're talking about our mindset, what you think you become. Amen to that. Dina says, no medications, almost unheard of for anyone over 60. Uh, oh. Absolutely. You're on no medications at all. I'm on uh, a very, very low dose of an antidepressant that I, it's like 37 and a half milligrams. And I take it every other night. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, but I take vitamin D3. Everybody needs that. Vitamin D, absolutely. Kim says you are a miracle. Her folks are in their 70s. Kim says, thank you so much for sharing so much. Oh. And we all agree with that. Maria says, how did you solve the stomach issue going through your throat? Um, I don't know. I I... I honestly don't know. I you, think, can you do your forward pulls now? Oh, sure, yeah. There, you know, because, um, well, even through all of the yoga therapy training, uh, but I notice my heart when I do too much forward pulls, my heart does something funny and I'm like, whoa, oh. back out of this thing. Um, and I kind of avoid it a little bit. Uh, Kim says, sounds like she had a, she's doing some kind of medical terminology on me. 
Nissan Funda publication? No, I think it was called a gastric uplift. And you know, with your parents, what, do they have community? You can shake your head, yeah, we can see you. Yeah, they have community, they have people. Um, friends. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give everyone some sage advice. Have young friends. Oh. And um, one of my yoga students was um, the mother of someone I worked with. And she would take me to lunch periodically. And she was so proud. And she'd tell everybody, I'm taking my, I'm having lunch with my young friend. And um, I used to think that was kind of silly. But, you know, think about it. Uh, you don't ever want to be with people that are like you. I know we we lived in the city because I wanted my children to grow up the way the world is. I didn't want them in a suburb with all white people with two children and two cars and, you know, it might have been hard for them. I don't know. They went to good schools. They're, they both hit, are well-degreed. And uh, I think, uh, I don't know, cities are have changed, but at that time. That's actually something, I another thing. Steve and I have a lot of great conversations. And one thing we talk about is how happy we were that we grew up in Southeast Florida because they're so open-minded and, and we were just in the whole mix of things, you know, um, which I didn't realize that everywhere wasn't like that, you know, um, until, until I moved out of that environment. It's like, what? What do you mean? You know, it's like kind of, kind of, so that's really pretty neat. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. What were your children like growing up? What were they like? What was like? They, they, I had the most wonderful children and my daughter is their Gina Germano. You know, every day was wonderful with my children. And um, I, you know, when you don't have children, it's it's hard to imagine. I, I don't think you miss what you don't have, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there's some of that, but... Uh, Yes, I, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have, uh, especially Dean is very devoted and she takes good care of me, even though she's way up north. <laughs> yeah, well, I know she, I can see she takes, she, she I got a phone number, we're playing phone time now. <laughs> How did you meet your spouse? Was it, were you married more than once? <laughs> I was married twice. <clears throat> Gina's father, uh, Bob, we were introduced by Gap Mangione, if you know Chuck and Gap Mangione, they're mus musicians. Mm. Uh, who's from Naples? You would that know was, the Mangiones, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, so Gap introduced us. Mm. And um, he proposed to me. I, I went to New York with my friends. He was living there. And we, we uh, went to a place called JS City on a Sunday afternoon. Oscar Pettiford was playing bass. And um, 
Bobby actually got down on his on one knee and proposed. It was really romantic. Um, Sandy, uh, my second husband, um, I met through a friend. Um, I ran into him two nights in a row while, at, at parties, and he taught, he like monopolized me the whole night, and never asked for my phone number. And then I ran into him in my friend's restaurant one night, and he finally had the nerve to come over and talk to me. He's very shy, mm. but uh, sweet. Love at first sight. Well, there was something, there was a connection at first sight. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Well, both, both men, I mean, I try to figure out what, you know, if anybody's been married more than twice, um, what's the connection? Uh, there has to be something, although they both seemed very different. One was an artist, one was a scientist, but one, what's more creative than science, you know? So in that way, they're both artists, right? Well, that's true. But I, you know, it's there. Now, my, I have a deep love for science. Now, I'm very interested in science. Oh, now, to where in school, I don't even think I gave a hoot, you know? It, what's this? Even health in school, I was taking health class. I could care less about it. Now, I'm like, I thought I can't get enough of this stuff. Let's see. Maria says, yes, she knew of him. The man Johnny. Oh. Uh, Dina says, love at first sight, seeing Sandy cooking at his party. Oh, I forgot about that. Right. So I had met Sandy and he had um, invited me to this New Year's Eve party. Thank you, Dina. <laughs> he, he, he and his roommate were having. And um, he was um, at that time at the Center for Brain Research in Rochester. And um uh, all the faculty, you know, students, a lot of students, a lot of faculty. And there's Sandy with a tray of um, Clams Casino, <laughs> like a hundred Clams Casino, passing them out. And I thought, oh my God, this guy has a big heart. <laughs> and it was just like, my father was like that. Uh, my mother would, uh, he'd go to the market and my mother would say, bring back a basket of peppers so I can roast them. And my father would come with a bushel. You know, that was Sandy. Um, really, just always, my, I would have a yoga dinner for my class in Skinny Atlas. And um, I would always make like a soup, something vegetarian, and a salad. And I'd come home and Sandy would have shrimp and brie and cocktails and all of this stuff and it are and it might be like just before Christmas and I'll have gone and the house was plain and I'll come back and the house has these big velvet ribbons streaming down the bookcases and wow I mean wow he yeah he was oh and once it was Dina's birthday remember that Dina and Sandy had fireworks and we brought the cake out and Sandy was in the yard as we're bringing the cake out. And he's, he's, he's got fire and it's December 30th. He's got these fireworks going in and, uh, oh my God, he was a big kid. That's something. Um, Brooke says she doesn't have the stamina to be married more than twice. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Smiley face on that one. Uh, I agree with you on that. That's interesting. You know, um, because I was, I was married 
for 20 years and had a family and did all the whole family cooking thing and all of the, you know, the whole nine yards of being the mom for all those years. And then I found myself while single dating for a while. And then I, I came across Steve and Steve had lived by himself. Uh, his, his relationships, he never had long lengthy relationships. He was married once, but it was only for two years and he didn't really have, you know, he didn't bend too much. Um, Steve came across you. <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> but when I when I started dating him, I, I, I really gotta say I didn't expect it to last because we were just so, so very different. Uh, so very different. And but then um it was fun. It was a lot of fun, which is something different than I had pretty much experienced in my 20 year marriage, you know, and he, because he was a bachelor, he made himself meals. I mean, he would, me, when I was single, I'm a Taco Bell, six pack of tacos, Coke on the way home. That's my dinner there. It was almost every, the same thing, almost every night. I can eat the same thing over and over again. I'm way cool with that. But he would make this spread of him, for himself, he would be cooking pasta with you know a little wine or whatever, and the emerald on the TV, and you know all of these vegetables and all this yeah. stuff. I'm like for yourself, but anyway, I wasn't about to say no, no, no. I'll do the cooking. <laughs> I rather liked that. And then the other days during the week, he would go out to dinner, and I'm like, well, this sounds like a very nice plan to me. And um, it was really, it's really pretty nice when they're. They do this stuff in the kitchen. It is. It's really nice. Very nice. Do we have any questions um, from anybody? And I apologize again for the audio not working, but do you have any questions? Okay. Um, let me ask, we're going to talk a little bit about what are about getting older. What are the most rewarding things about getting older? What would you say is the most rewarding? some of the most rewarding things has it been lifetime of knowledge or comfortable with self or well yeah of course comfortable with self as a senior discount at the movie theater yeah um <clears throat> oh yeah the 10 percent at um carabas um no kidding uh I think um, freedom, um, I, I'm free. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Which is huge. Uh, there's something else that um, I, I always slept kind of curled up and now I can sleep just like babies do. Oh, totally open, which I could never do before. Um, and I don't really, what, I, what somebody, uh, I mean, I don't, wouldn't want somebody to, to really think I was a dark person, but I pretty much don't care. And I've never had the need to be right. Yeah, that's a big one. It's huge. Um, and, and what's right changes and you know we change 
um, we, you know, we're not the same moment to moment even. So we have to remember with our children and our friends to create them as they are in this moment and not as they were when you could, you know, 15 years ago. It's, they're not the same. It's like these kids, these families where, you know, every child has a different set of parents. They're, the parents aren't the same and the children are raised differently. Uh, so I think that that's something that, you know, I try to remember. And I mean, I talk to my daughter every day, probably for a minimum of an hour. Wow. And um, I don't know, probably, she probably knows more about my life than she really needs to know. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, I feel, um, I mean, we talk about everything. I probably talk to her more than anybody. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't, That's great. I mean, I don't really, I, I haven't felt like I've needed a confidant, um, but there's not much she doesn't know about me, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Is that a burden, Gina? <laughs> no, that's great. She, she said, no, it's a privilege. Oh, oh, see, it is a privilege. And I actually, when I call you and you tell me that something happened, I'm like, well, why did you tell me this? You can't like have stuff like that happen and not let me know. <laughs> Vicki says James Hollis in his book, What Matters Most, says only those who are still intellectually, emotionally, spiritually growing inherit the richness of aging. Mm -hmm. Ah, that sounds lovely. I love the little book snippets we're getting here. Maria says that is so nice. It is so nice for you to have a wonderful relationship with that, with your daughter like that. Uh, I, I hope her children, she has two beautiful daughters. I hope that they <laughs> are as devoted to her as she is to me. You know what she did for my birthday? I turned, um, well, I turned 85 and she came to, first of all, she came down here, which was great. Yeah. And I got these big packages from uh, Amazon and they were heavy. And <clears throat> so when she got there, we un unwrapped them. And what it was is a Victrola. Remember the old Victrolas? And it's on a table. And um, <clears throat> oh, and with that, well, because I always had music when the kids were growing up. So you have to imagine this was the 60s and the 70s. Doesn't she have a couple of the LPs? She managed to find the LPs we used to play all the time. Remember Beth Midler? Um, going to get married and uh, going to the chapel, right? Yeah. That. And uh, Manhattan Transfer. And I mean, so, yeah, we had so much fun. Yeah. Anyway, that's how well she knows me. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. And you know what? Uh, this is the other thing with your parents, Kimberly. You know something they might like to do is take dancing, ballroom dancing 
<laughs> if you could get them to do that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of older people do that. I did that in my 70s. And um, oh my God, it was so much fun. I had this gorgeous uh, teacher. He was about six feet tall, very thin, African-American and Italian. And he had these dregs. And uh, we had a performance and um, we did the waltz and I was the only, we were the only couple that he gave, I had a lift in it. Mm. And oh my, it was just so much fun. And a, a lot of older married couples were too, older than, you know, 75, whatever I was at the time. But um, yeah, that's a great thing to do as you're aging and you're learning because you have to learn new steps. It's, you know, mm -hmm. you're so it's good for your, yeah, the, yeah, ticker there. Let's see. Uh, Kim says she loves that. Karen says, I hope to be blessed with my children like that. Warms her heart. Maria says the same there. And Dina says, agree. My mom is so happy when she dances. Oh, <laughs> Girls gotta dance. I think that's what Cindy Lauper said. Huh? I think. Oh no, she said girls gotta have fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, dancing's fun, right? I when the kids were little, I used to dance with the uh, dust map. Well, I mean, you know, you don't even need a partner. That's what's so great about it. Well, because uh, in the seventies, I would imagine. Because uh, just getting a little bit older myself, I, I find that I'm more acceptable of myself. I'm not going to be so as concerned with how I look on the dance floor, but it's not something that I've really, I, I would say I, in the past have shied away from it because of how, you know, you don't know and, you know, you're afraid of looking funny out there. But in, set, in your 70s, you've worked through a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And don't even be, uh, you know, it's about, enjoying yourself maria says my husband and i did line dancing remember that was when it was popular in the 80s oh that's fun that's great anything dancing is fun yeah. and karen says her mom was a dance instructor oh ah she met her father as a student they danced until they couldn't anymore karen are you from naples no, no karen that was oh, they, oh, so they, yeah. oh what fun yeah how about that? How about that? Yeah. You know, dancing. It is really, um, dancing's where it's at. Mm. And in my yoga, um, my in my classes, I used to, um, I used to, you know, Andrea Bocelli's Time to Say Goodbye. So oh, I, I would have the way I would warm up. Um, I would just have this little pelvis thing. It would be like time to say goodbye. So you're inhaling up and, and then, you know, and, you know, it was beautiful. And it, I remember I had a woman in Syracuse who was probably in her 70s at the time, said she never felt beautiful before. Oh, wow. And sometimes I've had them bring scarves in, you know, to dance, to, to do that too. And so you just, you know. So you can, I mean, anybody can do it. You can just take it around, and, you know. So it's like the organic like, movement. Yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and the thing, well, we were talking about yoga. Um, <clears throat> I do have a feeling about the poses that I think 
I think if possible, it's important to get the most benefit out of a pose that you can get. And um, Mr. Iyengar, uh, who is a whole school of yoga, developed these props that you could use. Um, I don't see anything in here, but um, I only have blocks. Oh, so for those, example, those um, plastic there and open them up. On the white one, open it up. There oh, might be something in there. <laughs> So these are a couple of the props, but when he first started, of course, it was in the uh, in the early part of the. This is the camera. Oh, in the early part of the century, he um, he made his uh, blocks out of bricks. Oh, Mr. Iyengar's early blocks. So what the block does is it enables you to get into a pose easier. So. I don't even know about triangle. I haven't done it in so long. But if you, um, so if you come down, okay, I can, oops, yeah, I can get into the pose. And then I can turn where instead of doing, if I didn't have the prop, I'd be doing something like this. So I wouldn't get, whoops. Right. So we're talking about, we're talking about getting the side. Otherwise, otherwise you, you fold forward. Right, you so you're not, forward, so you're not so, getting that. Or you could, um, you could do it, say, on a chair, for example. And so I'm like this, rather than being like this. So that's, and then the same with the belt. Um, one of the things I found. Oh, you'll see my ugly arms, but. I would ask people to raise their arms. So, all right, let's begin. Let's um, raise your arms and they will do something like this. So the arms are not straight, right? Sorry, thanks. So if you have the belt and you take the belt down and you bring your arms up, and now I have nice straight arms. Plus, look at what it does for my posture. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice going, Vicky. <laughs> so it lifts your sternum. Yeah. And then, this is something you can do in bed before you even get off. You're lying in bed. Take your belt. Straighten your leg. Make sure you're lifting that kneecap mm. and then bring the leg up to, um, to where you feel life and then play with it there. You can take it out to the side then as far as you can into this side. These just little things you can do bring your legs from side to side before you get out of bed. And then my favorite is you bend your knees and it's important to remember this when you get out of bed. Don't just throw your legs out to the side to get up. Most at home accidents occur in bed. 
So what you do is you bring your knees and bend over to the edge of the bed, put your feet down. And then what I like to do is I just hang, place my hands on the floor, come up. Okay, I'm coming up. A little side to side. I go side to side. I do one of these, come down. And I, I, I've already done something for the day. Yeah, totally. So it's not like um, you have to set aside a half an hour. You right. know, we overthink it. Yeah. Overthink it. We overthink everything. That, how about that? about that uh we got i love her i just love her all these people are saying how much they love you oh thank you <laughs> thank you so much um yeah so let me just ask a couple more questions and i, I don't want to hold everybody but you should seem to be okay with it if you could go back to any age in your life what would it be or do you like where you're at now i i, I love my life at this moment Yes. You know, I had, um, I used to ask my friend's mothers that question. And you know what their answer was in a, it, a, almost exclusively? It was to the time before they were married when they were being courted. Mm. I found it so interesting. I, you know, I would have expected, well, my first child was born or my wedding day. Mm. I don't know, but. Right. I always thought that was so interesting. Mm. What about mm. what about you ladies? Yeah, what about you ladies? What, what, uh, is there a certain time that you would like to go back to? Let's see. If you could go back to any age, what would it be? Let's see what everybody says here. I I gotta say, I I I like my teenage years there. Now, Jody says now, but when my kids were little, it's good. Uh, I'm trying to make this a time period that I like as much as, and I'm close to that. You know, um, when I was a teenager and then life kind of had a way of dragging me through a bunch of whatever. And I only started my healing process, you know, a few years back. So I expect it to be I'm like, I've got to get past that. You can't be, I can't be 58 and 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 having 15 years old be my, you know, hey, I gotta, I've got to do something to get that equal here because otherwise, what the heck is that? You know, what is that? Kim says early 20s. Early 20s. Mm -hmm. Early 20s. What was the best day of your life? That's a little bit too tough to ask you. You know, it's hard I, to pick just one. What I wanted to tell you, this is hysterical, but so I was 75 when I was doing this, uh, my 500 hour or about 75. And um, one of the things we did, we we um, got certified and or, I don't know, we had to do paddleboard. Oh. So here I am, not, not, not a water person at all, out on the paddleboard. You have to, and so we're at the mango grove at Lido Beach and so you have to you start out and then you to go through the mango grove though you've got to kneel uh, on, <laughs> on the board on the in the water. Well yeah on the board <laughs> in the water and I'll tell you it's gorgeous. You go through this the the um 
the wildlife totally changes. You get in there and it looks like swampy and snaky and, you know, weird. And then it's very dark. And then all of a sudden there's this, you, you see some light. And as you get closer to the light, you begin to see the uh, the seascape, the landscape of Sarasota. And it's it's so exciting. And anyway, but I fell in three times. <laughs> Um, once a bird came by me, I don't remember what happened the other two times. So, I mean, it was, it was like, I wasn't embarrassed. It was funny, but I got out. Um, and remember when you were little and went to the beach and your clothes got wet and seen oh. inside everything? <laughs> that's what I, that's what happened. Your pants started falling off of you? No, but I was all sand and everything. <laughs> They get, wet. they get soggy too, you know, yeah, and it's like, it's oh no, and everything starts to fall off. Yeah. Maria says she didn't really want to go back to, to a different age, but different times that were good when her kids were little, when she first got married, high school years were good too. Kim says, thanks for the idea. She's going to go dancing and powder boarding. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, what are you most proud of, Pauline? I'm proud of my kids. Uh, and I'm proud of the life I created here. Mm -hmm. Because I was old when I came here. I mean, I wasn't a kid. Um, and I'm in the circle of friends I have and how wonderful they all are. Like Jen. <laughs> I've been, I mean, who has a friend like me? We have a nice friendship. We do have a nice friendship. Congratulations on your uh, accomplishments and all the many accomplishments. Well, thanks. What kind of things make you the most happiest now? Well, talking to my daughter every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, See, there's the simple things. Yeah. That is a great, that, I mean, I don't know if she'll get. If she, I wonder how she, if she get will get sick of it. You know? No, she wouldn't. Of course not. She wouldn't be here if she was sick of hearing you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? She's so. Um, the thing that's wonderful about her is, even growing up, she never cared. I mean, she never cared about clothes. She. Um, you know, other kids were wear, you know, wanted designer sneakers, and we didn't have much money because I was a single mom. And, um, you know, it, you know, I don't know. I think they wore their shoes out pretty well. My mother kept them in clothes, and she worked. My mother worked at Sears, so she got a discount and used it for my kids. And. Um, Yeah, so my kids, I'm lucky yeah. that they've turned out, they they have good lives. They're very different. Um, Dina, I, I just admire because she's non-materialistic. She has um, very little interest in things. And um, she, real, she, she loves nature. Nice. And uh, she... She walked the uh, Lake Tahoe, Northern Trail of Lake Tahoe. I think it's 80 some miles and it's leave no trace. Mm -hmm. And um, 
she, they did it, I think um, she did it with her partner and some other people. And I think it took them, what, six days, Dina? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who does that? <laughs> she said that you got to say that since she's on the call with you, you have to say that she's a good kid and she would never, all capital letters, letters never get tired of talking with you. Oh. How, um, just a couple more questions. How have your dreams and goals changed throughout your life? You know, I, I think I think things started to change for me when I began to think about how grateful I was. And I'm not sure when that was. Uh, not as long ago as it should have been. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, mm -hmm. I think about how much better I could have been mm -hmm. as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter. Uh, but this thankfulness for my great life, for my, that I'm healthy, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that everyone in my family as well, my brother and sister and, you know, my kids and their kids and my friends, all my friends are well. I have a friend turning 90. She says things like, Time is of the essence, you know. And she is throwing herself a birthday party. It's November 11th. She, she's the best role model. She had a perfect childhood, a perfect marriage, uh, a perfect lover. The only thing she said that wasn't perfect is one of her daughters is a Republican. <laughs> really funny. That's the toughest one to get over. Yeah, and she's, <laughs> she's beautiful. And she makes lemonade out of lemons. Mm. She is just, a, she's just wonderful. And you know what she does? She volunteers at the... Um, Friendship Center in the consignment store mm -hmm. one morning a week, 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And and she always wanted to see the Last Supper in Milan. So for three years, she planned that trip, but COVID prevented her from going. And she went this year in August. She went to Milan, saw the Last Supper, and they stayed up in a a house on like a mountain, a cliff on Lake Como. She said she, she wished, well, this was before she went, she said, oh, I wish I had one of those harnesses like they use in rehab to get her up and down the stairs, but she did fine. They rented a boat one day. She went with her two daughters and daughter-in-law. Then she took a cooking class. She saw the last supper and stayed at some fancy place in Milan. So that's a real testament of, of who is, uh, what your environment is like, who you hang around because their energy is transferable. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So important. What are you currently doing? You currently, I, I know you, um, you're still doing yoga, obviously you're, you're still teaching it. You're still, uh, I think you take private lessons and what, what are you currently doing? Well, one of the things I did, well, for two years, I really became a slug during COVID. So I became very frail. I don't know if you've ever had that experience because just from lack of doing what you what you normally yeah, you do. Yeah, you were at home. Yeah, it was terrible. 
And um, so the yoga helped me a lot, but what I also joined the fitness center where I live and I, I had this trainer who uh, manages to keep me up. Dina met him. So this is, this is my uh, time with him. And it used to take a good half hour. Now it's only 20 minutes, but for three minutes, I'm on the treadmill. And then I do lower body things. And then for three minutes, I'm on the treadmill again. And then I do upper body things. And then I'm on the treadmill for three minutes and I'm finished. Yeah. So that's what I do. And it's it's totally, I mean, I would say that there's been a, a big change. In, well, I don't know. You know me. Yeah. I don't know if I see more vibrant or. No, I've, I've had the pleasure of feeling your muscles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, actually, I mean, I, you know, you put me to shame oh, on these yoga and some of these yoga poses. Um, what are your aspirations next? Next? I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the present. You know how um, you, you, you know, you hear somebody talking about meditation and uh, sitting there for a long time. And uh, one day um, I was washing dishes. This is, I was living in Sarasota. So it had to be in the last 12 years or 15 years. And um, all of a sudden I realized I was only washing dishes. I mean, I was feeling the soap, the sods, and I was feeling the dish and, oh, it was so cool. And then another time I was ironing and I was so into it. it. And it's like, so my goal is to stay present. Yeah, I like that a lot myself. Yeah, I mean, I do. it's all we have. Yeah. Like this moment. Like How this great moment. is that, like right? Moment. Like this moment. That we're all here. And I, I, I hope everyone is well. Vicki, are you well? Yeah. As well, we got to cheers on that. Kim says proof that there is time to do everything. There sure is. Um, and just a little bit on your daily practice. Why is a daily practice important? I know you told me you have a, your full, your short practice before you even get out of bed, and then you do your stretching, and then your your legs. You put your legs up the wall yes, while I you're still in sometimes. bed. Yes, and you stay what there for a few minutes, ten minutes, um, a few minutes. You know, well, and it, and that is very very meditative. Mm -hmm. If you haven't done that, you must you must lie on the floor and put your legs up the wall because it's divine or you could put them on a on your sofa or a chair and then just bring your arms out it opens the front body it um, reverses the blood flow it's great if you have a headache uh, it, it's just one of those poses that just makes you feel wonderful it's rejuvenating 
Um, when I used to teach uh, more than one class a day at four o'clock, I'd always be so tired and I would lie on the floor. This is when I lived in Skinny Atlas and was teaching lots of yoga. And I put my feet up and I'd set the timer for 20 minutes and I always came out of it in 18 minutes. I mean, you don't fall asleep, but you're in that Shavasana state, oh, uh, which is so beautiful. I mean, you're totally aware of everything, but not. It's, uh, yeah, right. Well, the awareness. And, you know, the other great thing about yoga, um, if you have um, a really good practice where you put out a lot of energy, that Shavasana... Um, I mean, I've had times when I felt like I was this far off my mat. And um, it, it's just the most amazing feeling. Yeah. And I have to tell you this story. This is, um, I used to have this dream that I was running and I'd be running and running and I, my, my legs are going just like this. And But pretty soon I'm off the sidewalk and I'm running and I'm above the trees and I'm running, running. And I honest to God, this is going to sound weird, but I think I have these out-of-body experiences. And I tell my granddaughter, my granddaughter that I was levitating. So my granddaughter, Dina's daughter, Francesca. So, so Francesca says, can you really levitate? Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and honestly, I thought I could. So I'm trying to levitate. <laughs> I mean, nothing happened. Right. I mean, but I want to fly, you know, I really <laughs> want to fly. I, I, uh, I to, to me, uh, I've experienced it, but like as soon as I recognize it, I'm like, it's gone. Ah. You know, it's like, ah, there it is. And then it's gone. Ah. So I don't know how to, yeah, I, I'm working on. But that's with meditation too. As soon yeah, as you recognize it, you're not meditating. That's and that's where that's where I keep getting a little bit a little bit stumbled up there. Uh, Karen says, "Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful. Keep on keeping on. The world needs more Pauline Dimitri. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Maria says, "Totally agree. Well said. Thank you, Pauline. We got another thank you, Pauline, for conversation and the yoga instruction. Yeah, um, Pauline, what a true delight. Um, any final thoughts? I don't want you to leave here and say, oh, I." wish I would have said something. Any any final thoughts that you want to just say or you think you stay present, say? be grateful, and live your life to the fullest. There it is. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Thank That's you it. for thank you for listening to me. Yeah, thank you, ladies. So and I'm much. sorry I, I couldn't hear your voices. Well, I'm thinking of having you come do a uh, a yoga class. Uh, we'll work on this audio, and you'll come do a yoga class. You can come do it. We'll we'll uh, open up a yoga class. We'll just put our Andrea Bocelli on. Oh, you're yeah. lucky. Oh, that's it's like a, a date, if you're asking me. Yeah. 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 Thank you everyone for coming. Thank you so much for participating and asking your questions. And we'll see you next time in gratitude and so much love. And you're so lucky to connect with Jen. Oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> so, love makes the world go round. Love works the world go round. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Namaste.
Thank you. Thank you.